Welcome to the Under Grace Podcast. This podcast covers everything of how Jesus Christ, Yeshua, God, or Jehovah relates to us. God represents all things holy, pure, righteous, just, praiseworthy. The list goes on and on. Every human is a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. However, the story doesn't end there. Romans 6.14 says, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Grace is undeserved, God-given help, offered to everybody for our renewal or purification or forgiveness. Still with me here? Great. Get ready to sit back and enjoy God's grace. Hello and welcome to the Undergrace Podcast. This episode will be different from others in that I will talk about something that will bring up many ethical and moral issues. Some of you guys will agree with me while others won't. So bear with me now as we talk about this issue. Why sex outside of marriage is wrong. There's a t-shirt that I saw once. It reads on the front, Eating habits, political beliefs, financial habits, cleanliness, living situation, religious beliefs, housekeeping, dog or cat, smoking, in-laws, kids, big city or house in the country, what type of TV shows do you like? Would you wait until after you're already married to discuss these things? They're all parts of a healthy relationship. Then in big letters at the end, it says, support premarital sex. This is one of the lamest t-shirts I've seen in a long, long time, and I've seen a lot. Sure, all these issues are part of a healthy relationship, but sex has nothing to do with them. It is true that these topics should be discussed before marriage, but sex is the one thing that should be postponed. I believe that sex outside of marriage is wrong, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Most people would agree that having sex with someone other than their spouse is wrong, But nobody sees anything wrong with having sex with somebody if they're truly in love, no matter if they're marrying or not. First, let me give you some of my background. I was raised in the church. Part of the reason I've come to this conclusion has a lot to do with my childhood in the church. But the other part is because I have discovered for myself that sex outside of marriage is wrong. I haven't been brainwashed by some pastor, and it hasn't been hammered into me by means of a fanatical clergyman. So don't worry, I haven't drank the holy Kool-Aid. When I married in 2001, my then wife, we're now divorced, and I were both virgins. I had upheld the virtue throughout my life. It wasn't easy by any means, and I had had many opportunities to lose my virginity before I met my now ex-wife. But I always held the deep down desire, even during my very rebellious teenage years, that my virginity was sacred. I only wanted to share it with my wife on my wedding night. I am glad that I kept that promise, but it was pretty darn tough. Sex was invented by God to take place between a husband and a wife, not between two people who have just met and want to roll around in the sheets for one steamy night of intimate bliss. Not even between a couple who have been dating for two years and want to tie their intimacy knot by sanctifying things on their anniversary. Not everybody believes the way I do, but most of those who profess to be Christians believe that sex should be kept sacred. As the Bible states, 
Sex causes two people to become one flesh. Christians place a higher value on sex than the average non-believer does. Sex is ultimately seeking out what God truly made us for. The views Christians hold about sex are much more inspiring, fulfilling, and vibrant than the average quick-fix culture is out there. While it might seem old-fashioned or passé to people outside of the faith, the Christian view of sexuality is actually very radical. It's radical because it goes against the culture and holds up human sexuality as nothing less than an icon of the inner life of God. God caused sex to feel good, and that's why it's misused so much. That's why there are so many negative consequences of having sex outside of marriage. Why do I not believe in sex outside of marriage? Well, there are two aspects to it. Number one, the physical, and two, the emotional side. I'll talk about the physical side first. The physical side is obvious. Anytime a couple has sex, there is a possibility that the female could get pregnant, right? Because not all pregnancies are intended, an accidental, I'll call it, pregnancy, if there is even such a thing, might happen. That can open up a 55-gallon drum of worms, if you know what I mean. Unfortunately, it's usually the woman who ends up having to deal with the lasting consequences of an unwanted or accidental pregnancy. Because of their unattached ways, too many men end up leaving the woman and the child and go from one intimate and broken relationship to the next. It is seen way too often in our society and usually ends up as a sad story with fatherless children growing up in a single mother home. But that's for another post. Another physical aspect of sex outside of marriage is STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. Not sexual transmitted infections, as some people try to use the more subtle term. Some of these STDs are deadly, while others are very uncomfortable, very contagious, and sometimes embarrassing. Remember that special slideshow during high school where they separated the guys from the gals? Yes, those were the pictures of real people. Unfortunately, schools pass out condoms instead of teaching abstinence. The public school's view is, if they're going to do it anyway, why not give them protection? But that's another story for another day. No one wants to live with an STD, and the best way to avoid one and stop the spread of one would be to only have sex with someone you're married to. For example, your spouse. Someone who you are hopefully going to spend the rest of your life with. I know there are many variables and exemptions to this, but my reasons cover the majority of situations. Plus, I'm not Dr. Phil's sex therapist, and I don't want to get into it. Now for the emotional side. There is also the emotional side of sex. For the man, sex is mostly physical. We men are very visual when it comes to sex. Sure, there is a more subtle emotional side for us, but most men can say that they have sex because it feels good, right? Not because it draws on our inner sanctum of heart-throbbing sentiment. Women have sex because they want to be with their man. To a woman, having sex imprints their soul onto their partner and vice versa. They immerse themselves in the feeling of intimate, warm, close, personal, and emotional thrill of sex. Why would someone want to experience that unique oneness with someone they're not committed to? Wouldn't it just make sense to be married to that person as a sign of total and hopefully a lifelong commitment to that person? Here's another look into sex and intimacy. Alice Freiling, in an article entitled, Why Wait for Sex, writes, 
Genital sex is an expression of intimacy, not the means to intimacy. True intimacy springs from verbal and emotional communion. True intimacy is built on a commitment to honesty, love, and freedom. True intimacy is not primarily a sexual encounter. Intimacy, in fact, has almost nothing to do with our sex organs. A prostitute may expose her body, but her relationships are hardly intimate. Some experts even report that premarital sex shortcuts the emotional bonding process. Sex exists at the end stage of emotional and intimate bonding. It is the final goal. If all the steps in between are skipped and the couple jumps right into sex, they are cutting out a very important process where each step needs to be experienced to the fullest before moving on to the next. Because of that, they will not be totally and completely committed to each other. Donald Joy, a writer for Christianity Today, cites a study of 100,000 women that linked earlier sexual experience with dissatisfaction in their present marriages, unhappiness with the level of sexual intimacy, and the prevalence of low self-esteem. Now, who would want that? Some people also believe that having premarital sex makes you better at sex. Kind of like test driving a car before you buy it. Ever heard that one? That is pretty faulty logic because no guy is going to just test drive one woman before marriage. Sex is addicting. If he does eventually marry, then he would struggle with comparing all his other sex partners with his wife. Spouses can be threatened if they feel they are being compared to one previous partner in any way. If anyone disagrees with that statement, then why would they even need to test drive anyone in the first place? The man who hasn't ever seen or test-driven more than one car doesn't know what other cars are like. Therefore, he will be satisfied with the one that he chose. So abstaining from premarital sex protects the emotional safety the spouse needs to feel in marriage. Many people just enjoy the act of sex, but not the consequences, some good and some not so good, that come with it. Sex is not just between the legs, but between the ears. Whoever indulges in sex has to be prepared to face the results. Sex has been viewed as the gate that leads to the house, marriage, and family. In that house is the institution of a family. With family comes responsibility, love, faithfulness, loyalty, togetherness, hard work, sweat, sometimes tears, and many other things. Raising a family takes dedication, investment, learning from mistakes, and reaping the benefits. Some people are not willing to carry that kind of responsibility, so they just prefer hanging out around the gate and not wanting to go into the house. C.S. Lewis refers to this when he says, The monstrosity of sexual intercourse outside of marriage is that those who indulge in it are trying to isolate one kind of union, the sexual, from all the other kinds of union which are intended to go along with it and make up the total union. As I said before, most guys have sex just because it feels good. They want that rush of physical intimacy, but don't want to deal with the responsibility that sex is intended for. They don't want to commit either. They just jump from partner to partner, never satisfied as the number of partners keeps mounting. No pun intended. I am reminded of a stray dog that needs to be neutered. I'm not calling these kinds of people stray dogs. I'm just explaining that their actions are like a stray dog. That's why there are so many single mothers out there. They've been burned by one or two or three or more men who only wanted to experience a short time of fun. 
As soon as the guy has to step up to the plate, be a man, and help parent his kid, they run away and leave their former lover alone, pregnant and without direction. Or they stay with the woman but decide not to marry, opening their relationship to failure because of non-commitment. Of course, not all situations are like this, but this does happen more often than not. So what's the point? What am I trying to say here? What point am I trying to make? As hard as it will be, save your virginity for your wedding night. I'm not saying you have to then commit yourself to God and join a local church. This is just common sense. There are many other ways to say I love you other than to make love. There's intimate conversation, acting out on your promises, showing each other that the other partner is worth it and means something. Gone are the days when the phrase making love just meant kissing. Just imagine what it would be like if a person you marry said that they have saved themselves for you alone. What a wedding present that would be. So, how do I turn my life around? Do people mess up? Do people have sex outside of marriage then later come to their senses? Yeah, it's not over if that happens. What matters is the mindset one has about the subject. Do they think that sex outside of marriage is right or wrong? It doesn't matter what they've done in the past. What matters is where they stand right now. Interestingly enough, it's a lot harder to say something than actually turn around and practice it in their lives. Easier said than done, right? It takes a person of strong character to live up to what they say. They're going to have to surround themselves with people who think like they want to think. Remember, it's easier for the weak one to pull down the strong one than it is for the strong one to pull up the weak one. Maybe a new set of friends will help. Maybe realigning your morals and values is in order. Maybe the fact that you don't think twice before having sex outside of marriage is a sign of an even deeper issue in your life. Think about it. Would you want to know that when you were conceived, your parents had no intentions of commitment? They just wanted to have one night of fun, but you were the unintended byproduct? Or would you rather know that your parents did it the other way, the right way? That they strive to know one another in other ways before they married? that they committed to investing time and building the character of their relationship, that they planned to construct a household with a strong foundation. Postponing satisfaction can reap more benefits than indulging on a whim every time the opportunity presents itself. Well, that's all I have to say about that, folks. I hope this episode really spoke to some people. Even if it spoke to just one, then I've done my job. It is my hope that you as a listener are able to develop a better understanding on this subject, keep God's center in your life, and hopefully save yourself for your marriage. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Under Grace Podcast. If you have any questions, ideas for future episodes, or would like to drop me a line, please email me at theundergracepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Undergrace Podcast and Twitter at UGPodcast316. Now go forth and live your lives under God's never-ending grace.